to Creative Reboot, the ultimate podcast for creative souls, small business owners, side hustlers and dream chasers. I'm Carla, brand photographer and visual magic maker for colourful magical weirdos and also a professional multipod. And I'm Sarah, creative copywriter and branding photographer for awesome female business owners and aspiring author. Welcome to this week's episode. Um, That came around quickly, didn't it? Um, So today we have got the lovely Andrea Jordan joining us. um, And she is a business strategist and a systems expert who helps online business owners make their business run smoothly and more easily, which sounds bloody wonderful. Welcome, Andrea. It's lovely to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Fantastic. Well, we'll go straight into it. Tell us a little bit more about who you are and what it is you do. So, okay, you may be able to tell by my dulcet tones that I'm from New Zealand. And with my business, what I love to do is work with the ideas people, the creatives who are really good at starting things, but kind of rubbish at finishing them. And that's my strength. So we have that lovely combination there of creativity and logic and getting things done. So that's my happy place. Amazing. And, and very relatable. I think there's, um, I'm, I'm definitely not the only person listening going, oh, that's me. That's me. I have all the ideas and I never get to the end of any of them. So yeah, that's fantastic. So yeah, talk to us a little bit about, about how you do that then, because I, I, I mean, obviously I know how you do that because we've worked together, Andrew, in the past. Thank, thankfully, she got me through a horrible <laughs> muddle I was in. But um, yeah, talk us through a little bit that, that process of getting people to over the, you know, over the finish line. Yeah, well, what we start with, you know, it's just one-to-one Zoom calls, just like this. And to start with, I ask a lot of questions because I want to know not just what you do in your business, but who you are and what your business values are. Because I don't want to create this, like, system that you'll never use. There's no point to it. We want to make sure that when we're setting up the foundations of your business, that they're really tailored to who you are and, and how you like to do things. So we always start off, with going through um, the, the back end of your business and I do a lovely little spreadsheet for you and we just work through where everything's working, where it isn't and then we just dive in and I'll actually set things up for you as we're on the call so we can dive into the background of your tech or I can set things up in Airtable, just another um, software platform and so you get off the call with a very small amount of homework, hopefully no homework. So it's really lovely to see things coming together on the calls as we go through. I love that very instantaneous. Um, I yes. think that's, that's one of the, it's, 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 it's something I think people get very stuck with. Um, so to be able to not just come to you and you say, oh, yes, this is what you should do. And then you, like you say, go, often I think with those kind of things, you go away with a list and you you know what to do but you're still not actually going to do it the fact that you do it with with them or for them is brilliant I think well yeah because I'm respectful of the fact that you know I'm a finisher but my clients aren't so if I give them a whole list of homework I'm sort of just enabling them to not finish anything so we (laughs) want to make yeah definitely yeah want to make sure that when we work together we actually finish something and we can you know tick that box and they can actually start using it while we're still working together and we can improve and refine as we go through i think that my system's heart loves this absolutely you know i think this is the thing that uh, adri you were absolutely fantastic at helping me with actually it was that i was in that place of of like overwhelm so i think you're very good at helping people to sort of see past the overwhelm and break it down into very manageable chunks you know and I'd, I'd never really dabbled with systems before until Carla kind of introduced me slightly to a, a few bits and pieces but I think you sort of took me into the point where I was like oh I, I, I'm not scared of spreadsheets anymore this is a good thing so. <laughs> that is a talent <laughs> really and is. I know yeah and I know with, with systems and processes and standard operating procedures mm. they can sound incredibly dull but when you think of them as the, the support, like the foundation of your business, which then enables you to go and do all your creative stuff, then they become much more interesting and you kind of get addicted to going, oh, how can I make this easier for myself? What else could I do to enable me to go and be more creative or to have fun with this? And you were saying about, um, you know, that I could see what could happen in the end. I think that's one thing I've started to notice about myself is that when I see a mess, and it doesn't matter if it's a business mess or a linen cupboard mess, 
I can see the end result in my head straight away. And then I just hold that space for you as we work through. So, you know, like a wardrobe, if your wardrobe's really messy, I can just picture straight away how gorgeous it will look. And that really helps us as we're working our way through that we don't get distracted by anything else. I'm like, no, no, the pinks go next to the reds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a full-time space in my spare room should you ever want to move back to the UK. Like, that's an option. <laughs> just don't even, I think you'll have a home in any part, any part of the world Anyone's, with that kind yeah, of talent. Anywhere really. you fancy. Yeah. Absolutely. No. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm just going to pick up what you said there about kind of the, the foundations. I think something that we had, um, Jen Hume, who I think you also know a little bit. Um, yeah as one of our guests uh, last season, the season before. And um, one of the things that, that um, they also mentioned and that I think you're, what you're talking about is, is echoing for me is that systems and tech can feel quite scary. And actually what they do is they give you the freedom. If they're set up properly and you can use them in a way that works for you, they give you the freedom to go off and do mm. your business thing and your creative thing. And I think that that's something that is often overlooked um, so I'm, I'm excited that you brought that up because I think it's something that people forget um, or just don't realise. They don't realise. They think, oh, God, I need systems. And often I think if you've come from a corporate background and you've been forced to learn and use systems that maybe don't suit you so well, they, they don't feel natural. But actually, they're the things that give you the most freedom. Would you agree or am I? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wrote a blog post a couple of years ago now um, about using systems to unleash your creativity. Because nice. as the two of you know, I'm also a keen photographer as well. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. totally get that you just want to be you know, out there taking photos. You don't want to have to come back to a massive emails or, you know, I understand um, that, that push and pull of what you want to do within your business. And yeah, I just think that they're at the heart of your business and the corporate systems. I mean, I used to be a lawyer. I did that for nearly two decades. And some of the systems we had to do were just really quite dull. So I know what it's like to have that resistance. But within your business, it's a lot more flexible. You know, you can use Asana with unicorns flying across the screen if you want to in your business. You know, or if Asana is not your cup of tea, there are all these other options so that you're actually excited to open up your laptop you find it fun to do your follow-up with clients because yes. it's all set up and color-coded in a way that's just fun anyway. So yeah, definitely the corporate systems we have in these in these big businesses are quite different to what you can create within a, a lovely small business. I love that. It's, just, it's actually, it's um, talking, you you mentioned Asana there. I've just signed up for Dubsado because I'm, I'm like, mm. I need a CRM. I need to have automation uh, i've got i've got to this point where i don't want to have to be manually answering everyone's inquiry emails and getting them on board and all that kind of thing but how do you i mean i think we're very lucky in that there are so many tools now aren't there that that, that certainly weren't around even just a few years ago yeah. how how do if you're someone who is just getting started with all of this how do you go about picking a tool because there there is so much choice yeah, there is. So I would say, and um, again, I think I wrote a blog post on this, uh -huh. and it was about don't start with which pretty tool. It's a shopping list. What do you mm -hmm. want the tool to do? Like you were very specific there when you were talking about what you wanted within Dubsado. So if you start with your shopping list, then if you really don't know any systems people, ask your business friends and say, hey, here's my shopping list. What do you use? Does it meet my criteria? And that's where having uh, business buddies can be a great thing. Whereas yeah. for me, I don't learn all of the tools because like you say, they're a crazy amount, but I know enough about a few that I can say to my clients, I think these two would be your best option. You're a very visual person. So I would go with option one. You know, I had a client the other day who was looking at Notion and Notion is, it's kind of, we'll call it project management but it is nothing like Asana. There are no unicorns. When you first go in, you have to build it out. And so my client opened it up and went, oh no. I was like, no, I didn't think that would be you at all. <laughs> it's not really your thing. <laughs> but, but she Did wanted- Did you see my face change there? Yeah. Like, Ooh. No unicorns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, but, but she wanted to look at it just because someone had mentioned it. I went, yeah, open it up, have a look. You won't like it. Mm. So, yeah, so it, it is about you and your um, your personal preferences as well. Like some people I know dislike Asana. It's just the interface isn't them, but they might love ClickUp. Yeah. 
you know? And so I think it's that first step is what do you want it to do? Second step, get to know like, who are you? Are you a very visual person? Do you like spending a lot of time on this stuff or you want least amount of time possible? Then ask your friends or, you know, do a search and you'll find blog posts, you know, Asana versus Trello, and then just Mm. have a little read through, but don't go down the rabbit hole. Give yourself like a couple to look at, sign up for the free versions, have a play, but don't, and this is for my researchers out there who feel like they have to look at everything before making a choice. The differences (laughs) between these tools are not massive. You know, the difference between Asana and Trello, there, there are some differences, but they're not a million miles apart. Mm. they're not they're not game changers are they no but that's what makes it so hard to choose and actually i'm so i'm a big clickup fan although i'm still working on making it work and there's a couple of bugs that we haven't quite ironed out yet but it i think so far it's the thing that works best for me in terms of if i set it up properly it will remind me about stuff it will um you know regenerate stuff all of that kind of thing and it's got the trello visual drag and drop board layout which i really love Mm. but it took me ages to settle on that because like you i've been in this in this space in this online space for a long time now um with my business and there are so many things out there and i'm a little bit of a tech nerd as well as a systems i I do love systems um and i i fell into that trap of wanting to try everything and then finding that like actually they're all really similar so how the hell do you pick one and decisiveness is definitely not one of my strengths so um it's hard so actually i like that advice find find two decide which one suits you best go from there that's Mm. excellent advice yeah yeah to be honest it's and, and both of you will resonate with this. It's like choosing a camera. How do you choose yes. which camera? <laughs> you know, Very true, and you yeah. would, you, you'd probably read reviews in some photography magazines. You might go into the shop and have a chat and then you just slim it down. You don't look at every single brand. You know that either you're Canon or Sony and it's either that one or that one. And then you just whittle it down. And but then actually, you put the, the line in the sand. Yeah, and eventually, I mean, lots of people come to me because um, I'm now at, I don't know when this happened I'm sure you will identify this but the amount that I now consider reasonable to spend on a camera body is absolutely insane because that's the difference Mm. between pro and hobbyist right like the the gear that I need and the gear that I now use and because it's my business that what I can now afford to spend is very different however people often come to me and they're like so if I had x amount of money what kind of camera would you buy and I'm like I have no idea because that's that's not that's not where I've been I said but what I always say is whatever level, whether it's total entry level, like point and shoot, or whether it's your first DSLR, or whether it's something a bit more pro, or whether it's a proper pro camera, at each um, kind of cost point, they're all going to be broadly the same. So go and hold it, see how it feels. Does it feel right in your hands? Can you get to the, and that's how I chose my very first, uh, my proper, my first proper Canon, is that it felt better to my, to my really stubby fingers. I felt like I could reach everything. That was how I made my decision, which is maybe a crazy reason to make a decision, but you know the spec of the camera at the price point i wanted was not going to vary massively and i think that's probably very similar with these these systems but i think they can the 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 sales pages for the system stuff can blind you with oh "Oh, look i've got this feature and there's this other feature and there's this other thing and you're just like i don't know what i want anymore yeah yeah and that's that's why having that shopping list is really important yes there'll be some things that you you don't know that you don't know like you don't know that you needed that Mm. but if you've got your shopping list and it's just like going to the supermarket you know you're going to come home with those things. You might have some fun added extras, but you know the things that you wanted, you will actually get. And then yeah. that can stop you kind of going, oh, look, pretty thing. Oh, look, pretty thing. Ooh. So that makes me wonder then, do you have favourite systems? Or yeah. as in favourite ones that you recommend? Or is it that they're favourites for you, but you would always... Like, like do you have any kind of pet? pet systems is that a really weird way to put it no that's and that's fine and it's interesting because I don't generally talk about like things like Asana as systems I talk about them as software because I know some people say their systems systems. yeah but for me the system is the workflow yeah so or I might say tech systems just because it gets very confusing for people because sometimes when I say oh what systems have you got they'll tell me the software and Mm -hmm. I'm like that's great you can have Asana but it doesn't mean you've got a very good onboarding and welcome system. It just means you've got a software. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do have my favorites. But you're right, they're not necessarily ones that I would recommend to people because um, I've been playing around with, say, Airtable. And I'm thinking the possibilities for it will be fabulous. But for some of my clients who are a bit, they're a bit nervous about tech, I wouldn't go straight to something like that. I'd start out with a 
very nice easy spreadsheet get them used to working in that and then we might go to something fancier but if I send them straight to the fancy it'll freak them out that's, so that yeah. makes sense so, it makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. cool so oh actually so yeah so talk about that um that definition there between the soft the software and the system then so like I mean what would be the, the kind of first systems that perhaps that a, a small business owner, a creative business owner should start to be looking at? Well, there are seven I recommend. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and they are the foundations for pretty much every business. And then the way that you tailor the system to your business is different. So first up is your, your follow up. How are you keeping in touch with potential clients? And this is one where your mindset really comes in. You talk yourself out of it. Oh, they mm. didn't get back to me after two weeks, so they can't be interested. Whereas maybe they're just really busy. So that's, that's a system that I always recommend. The next one is you've got the client. How do you welcome them into your world? And it's often called onboarding, which is quite sort of corporate. Mm. But how do you welcome them into your world? And then how do you care for them once they're in your world? And that can be very different for different types of businesses. You know, uh, for me, someone might work with me for three months, say. So I've got like a 90-day package. How am I making sure I know how many sessions they've got left? How do I keep track of what we've talked about? What homework they might have? What tool we agreed on? You know, and so that's all part of your uh, customer experience. Because when someone becomes a customer, you want to have them to have the most amazing experience with you and the highest chance of success, whatever that success is. So those are the first two. The third one is content, creation and promotion. And that's the area where I see the majority of my clients um, using up more time than they need to. Mm. So that's one to really get a handle on so that you can be consistent and you can be creative. And then fourthly, finances. Now, for a lot of my clients, they already have bookkeeping and that's great. But I always leave that in there because it's so essential that, that you have a budget, that you know what your cash flow is, that you can tell me right away what last month's expenses were and what you think next month's expenses were. You know, as a business owner, we've got to get familiar with our, with our numbers. And then we have planning. You need some kind of planning system. You know, what, what do you want to achieve this month? And once you've got your big goals, well, what does that mean you're doing next Tuesday? You know, how do your daily actions relate back to your goals? And then the last two systems are around your digital files and your inbox management. Because again, those are two places that can use up a lot of time, suck up a lot of energy. And just for me, they relate back to the client experience. Because if you're on a call with a client and you say, oh, I've got a great template for you. Let me just grab it. And then you can't find it because your files are in such a mess you know, that is not a good client experience. Equally, if you, um, you know, can't find an email that someone has sent you or you go into your emails and there are 30,000 emails in there and you have to like go through to try and find the client emails. <laughs> Carla's hiding in, in shame. Carla's hiding. Hide like... under the desk. Yeah, <laughs> emails are not my thing. Everything else yeah. you've talked about, I've got plans for. Yeah. Emails, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so those, those to me are the essentials. And then, Underneath that is when you actually, you know, write out the, the processes for everything. So um, you're doing a blog post. How do you actually do it? What's your style of doing a blog post? And the benefit of writing things out can be finding the simplest way of doing something. Once things are written out, it allows you to outsource because someone can easily see your way of doing things. Uh, and you don't have to remember them. So I do a, a webinar once a month. Now, I am not going to remember the about, I think there's 50 steps on my workflow. I'm not going to remember those month to month. But because I've sat down and written them out, I don't have to remember them. It's all there. So those those are the essentials that I generally tend to do with my clients. I love that. Honestly, it's just... It, the, uh... Words. Words. Can't words for shit. No, I, well, <laughs> I can see your mouth doing the goldfish thing. Like, I want to talk, but it's not coming out. Um, I, yes, I'm thinking that actually these are all things that I wish I had known 
from day one yes because I think I think I learned this stuff as I went along and I think you know we've known each other quite a long time now um well both of you actually um and I've definitely learned for me from my own point of view I have learned these things as I've gone along and I have cobbled together things as I've gone along and I think I, I mean there's always room for improvement isn't there but actually apart from the email issue um <laughs> I'm actually not doing too badly on all the things you outlined but it's taken me 11 years to get there. Mm. Um, you mm. know, knowing those things and setting those things up from the beginning so that you can expand as you expand would just be the most valuable thing in the world. So I'm, um, yeah, really. Yeah. And, and actually hearing it all laid out like that is really interesting to me as well as someone who has a very um, creative slash chaotic brain. <laughs> or maybe, maybe lean on the side of chaotic. Um, it's, it's not chaotic to me, but it is to everybody else. Um, I find it really interesting that, like, it's all system. Like, even the systems are systemized, and and you've got this this lovely list. Whereas for me, it tends to be like, oh, today I'll deal with this thing, and then I'll deal with this other thing, and it kind of works, but it's a little bit on the crazy side. And this is just very soothing. Listening to you talk about it, <laughs> I think I've gathered thing. your words now, Sarah. Oh, God. Sorry, God, Karen, Andrew was just about to speak. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, you know, one of my sort of, I guess, values for my business is calmness and another mm. one is simplicity. Yeah. If my clients like you have got this just, oh my God, so many ideas going on and a little bit chaotic, but it's a lovely kind of chaotic, you do not need me to come in and match your chaos. No, definitely you know? not. <laughs> you <laughs> want to, to calm go, the chaos. yeah, mm, calm yeah. bliss over here. I've got all these oh, ideas. Yes. Andrea will help me just to to map them out, to get the little ducks in a row. Oh, mm. now I can see how I can make this all work. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that's almost answered exactly what I, what I was about to say and what I've been trying to say before, actually. It's, it's that <laughs> idea of um, systems don't seem to be a natural thing for someone who is creative. It's the, the two things feel feel like they're miles apart and I don't know whether it's just because as creatives we think oh regimented you know rules and and things like that but when you talk about it that way about actually it's it's about bringing that simplicity in so that you can still have all the amazing ideas and have that creative flow it just it makes a lot more sense and it, I kind of that's one of the things I think I was trying to get to was how do you how do you um what's the word uh, like how does that how do you make that appeal to creative people because really creatives need this stuff from day one don't they let's, let's... i think every business yeah. but, yes. but definitely the the, the the more chaotic amongst us could definitely benefit from it Absolutely. yeah so um and i guess here's the, the weird thing about me <laughs> is that i'm both logical and creative oh so you know i have a background as a lawyer very straight up and down you have to make sure that your eyes are dotted and your t's crossed and yet um you know i've i'm writing a children's story i have written articles on you know travel articles for newspapers i'm a keen photographer so somewhere in my genetics i have this weird combination of both elements so when i'm talking to creatives I will change the way I talk to talk about my photography and to talk about that kind of thing that gets me excited. So I don't find it that difficult to talk to creatives because I am one. I just yeah. have to be, I happen to be a weirdly organized one. Yes. We knew there was a little bit of weird in there <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all weird in some way. You, you, you've got to own that stuff. Did, did, you always know, did you always know that you had both sides of because obviously you know you are you but when yeah. you were a lawyer did you still have your creative side did that still come out or was that something that you no. then discovered and then pulled the logic side into it like I'm really intrigued Good as question. to how those two things like yeah together definitely didn't have that thought until a while into my business actually like as a kid yes very creative but then I decided to do oh, I have a, an accounting degree as well so hello mm. logic numbers <laughs> I learned so words. much more about you today <laughs> So, you know, I went that way and I remember being in London because I worked in London as a lawyer. I remember thinking that, yeah, I'm, I'm not a creative person. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even though I was sitting there writing contracts day after day, there I didn't consider those to be creative because I, I put a funny little phrase in one one time to see if the partner was paying attention. And yes, no, you can't have that wording. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't go so it wasn't until I think um actually I baked a cake I love to bake and I would you know if it was some of my staff's birthday or my friends at work I'd bake them cakes and I decorated it and stuff and I love doing that 
And someone said to me, oh man, you're really creative. You, you could have a business as a cake maker. And I was like, I'm creative? What? Baking a cake is creative? And then it just opened my world up to, well, there are all kinds of different creative creativity. I think in some ways, we are all creative from a lawyer who is very straight up and down. They're creative in their own way and the way that mm. they structure deals. But a photographer would look at that lawyer thinking, oh my God, they're not creative, that's so dull. It's just a kind of a scale of mm. where you sort of sit on the creativity. So no, I didn't, I didn't know that straight away. And it, and it took, it was a bit of a, a learning journey to go, oh, and then it was a learning journey to realize that this is quite an odd combination that there aren't heaps of people who are very logical and creative as well. I didn't realize that until I was, you know, further down the path as well. I love that though. Talk about that, like that spectrum of creativity there. I think that's fantastic because I don't think that's something we talk about often enough really, is it? It's, um, it, it's very much a, a, almost a black and white, oh, you're either creative or you're not. And to actually hear it described in that way of actually we are all creative. It's just, we've all got different, different ways that that creativity comes out in us really yeah Mm. yeah and even among the photographers I know like I'm going to a photography conference directly after this the creativity is quite different as well because there are some people who are photographers who are a little bit creative but very good technically Mm. and then there are other photographers who are incredibly creative and the technical kind of takes a back seat you know, and there's everyone in between. So even in an industry that people think of as creative, mm-hmm. there's a whole different scale in there. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I love those conversations. I've, I've bumped into a few people over the years who have told me what kit they shoot with. And I'm like, that's great. But what do you create? Oh, but it does this. And it's got, and I'm like, that's <laughs> lovely. Tell me what you're shooting. So I think I definitely fall into the emotional less. I am. I'm not a bad technical photographer, but it's not the thing that lights me up. It's capturing emotion is definitely my, my thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's very entertaining when, when someone who is very technical and someone who's very emotional come together and try and talk about the same subject is it's wonderful because you do get to see stuff from other someone else's perspective. But I think it, you're right. That's a really good example to highlight the kind of, the spectrum even within one like you say traditional one area yeah pursuit. absolutely yeah definitely mm. so. cool I'm, I'm feeling very inspired i did not think i was going to be super well, i knew i'd be inspired by you because i knew you but you know put it actually so that's the thing how do you get how do you hang on let me words <laughs> our hashtag is can't words for shit for a reason um so on paper getting organized having systems having those foundations you know as you've touched on it feels maybe a little bit corporate it feels quite sensible could could be quite dull isn't as we've established but mm. but if you're coming at it cold it, it could be a bit like oh, and you said use the word resistance which i think is is probably something that people definitely encounter around this how do you kind of break that down and you said you know you speak to you are a creative so you speak to creative people but if someone comes to you and says you know I need all the stuff and I just don't even know where to start how do you kind of ease them into it how what's your I ask some questions about them you know okay what do they want to achieve in their business what kind of business do they have what kind of values do they have and so I get a bit more of a clear idea of, of them I also like to use analogies, like that that linen closet uh, analogy. I've used that in written promotional posts. You know, it's like, hey, you know when you've got that lizard linen closet and it's so messy that to get a towel out that you just open the door a tiny bit, reach in and grab it, because if you open the whole door, you'll have this avalanche of towels coming down. And then I'll say, well, you can't run your business that way because you're missing out on opportunities. So sometimes just using everyday examples just help people connect into what's uh, possible. Because you're right, systems can sound a bit dull. So I try and make it interesting. I created um, the Systems Cafe at one point, and I had a menu of items. And, you know, so I talk about coffee chats and all that sort of stuff, just so it's a bit fun. So they can go, okay, systems might sound a bit dull, but she seems quite interesting, so I'll go have a chat with her. Yeah, I think okay, that's a good yeah. way of doing it. Like it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. No, I like that. It appeals more to the creative side, then, doesn't it? As well, I think if it's um, 
if you can and, relate yeah. it. And makes and makes it more human. I yes. think it's it's the it's the taking the fear out of it, I think is what I was kind of getting at, which is, is what you've done really yeah. well there. So that's yeah. Because I, um, I, do... I can imagine being faced with it, as I say, we've learnt it over time, but being faced with it all at once, I can imagine going, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore after all. Like it just which is obviously you do want to do it, but it just feels like a massive insurmountable hurdle. So yeah. Um, yeah. and you yeah. make it sound much more approachable, which is amazing. Yeah, and also like when I'm working with a client, we don't work on three systems at once. We we look at the order, like what are your three are most important? Then we start with one, we get that done, get it working, then we move on to the next one. So that the overwhelm, you know, that lessens that quite a bit. Yeah. That's can you can you tell from my face that's quite a foreign concept to me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. One thing at a time, you mean? Carla? One thing at a time. What? Who does that? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and believe me, no, I, I can get, see the logic yeah, of it. Definitely. I, I do get some clients coming on the calls and we have them every week, you know, and I'm like, so what have you been up to? Oh, I've created this whole different thing and this whole different thing. And, this, and I'm like, mm-hmm. so let's bring it back. <laughs> what did we talk about last week? Have you changed that? What are you doing? Yeah. I, love I need that. you in my pocket. <laughs> uh-huh. What are you doing that for? Yeah, that's that's what I need. In fact, I might just get you to record that, and I'll just have it in a button, just to press press the button every time I need a, a, a little reminder. No, that's really, really, really useful. Um, and yeah, I just I, I feel like yeah, I feel I feel like I've learned things about how as well as about why you would need systems and strategies. Yes. Um, and. Okay, so I'm going to ask a question which is personal but good, I think. Who who or what is your favourite kind of person? Well, who, hopefully. Who is your favourite kind of person to work with? What is your favourite oh, yes. favourite client to, to come to you? Like, who, where, where do you... Where, I, know, I know all of your clients you love, but who, where is kind of your favourite, most ideal person? I love people with all the ideas. Like, that okay. really lights me up when they're like... When I want to do this thing and I've got a membership and oh my overall arching vision for my business is this like oh it's going to be so amazing so people who are really passionate about what they do and like I said before I have an accounting client and she is really passionate about what she does so it doesn't matter the industry to me mm. it matters that you really enjoy what you do yeah. and so that's a lovely thing to have in a client rather than someone who is I'm doing this to make money I'm like that's lovely, but we're probably not going to work together because it, it just gets very dry, you know. There's but only if, one end goal a, there, isn't there, really? So yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, full credit to you, and that, and that's good. But there are other people who you'd you'd be better to to work yeah. with. Yeah. So those kind of people, um, if they like animals, that's that's kind of handy, given that I'm a house sitter and I work with rescue animals. If you're the kind of person who has a, let's say, a wide world view. So I've traveled a lot. I've lived in a lot of different countries. If we can have that kind of conversation, you don't even have to have traveled. But if you're interested in what's going on in the world, then we'll be a really good fit as well. Awesome. Love it. I, I would love to ask you one of the questions that we tend to ask all of our interviewees. Because I think it's I think it's a lovely question to ask. But with everything that's gone on with your business over the over the years, what would you say has been the most glorious thing that's happened? Gosh, I that's that's a really hard one because you know that first client that is utterly glorious. Oh, great feeling, you know? isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the first time you get you do a podcast interview. So I think for me, um, I like variety. So my glorious moments are those firsts. The first time you get an article accepted to go into a newspaper, that's just utterly glorious. Um, so I can have glorious happening kind of every second week, really, in, I love in my that. business. That's I love so that. Good. That's such a good yeah. answer. Yeah, definitely. And actually, I think the first the first answer of, of that kind. I don't think anyone else has said that. So, that is yeah, good. I, I that first actually. feeling is uh, is actually wonderful. But I think so. Even actually, I don't know when. Maybe it's just me. But even every time I get an inquiry, I get that little oh, someone's found me and they like me and <laughs> they want to talk to me. It's that feeling of. I get a little buzz when people say nice things about my work unprompted. So not when I've gone asking for it. I mean, obviously, if I ask for testimonial and they say nice things, that's wonderful. But when people say things like, oh, and Carla's photos are amazing. And I'm like, are they? Oh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I know they are. But there's part of me that goes, 
oh thanks and it is it's a good feeling yeah no I like yeah. I like the first to say that you're right because yes. and actually the further you get into the business the more firsts there are that actually the beginning of your business you would never have dreamed yeah. you would would or could do wouldn't you yeah. so there's, there's always more to to get so yeah I think that's really yeah cool. I do think that's a good thing to do like you know I was talking about that planning system but mm-hmm. one thing to to look at is what am I doing now just as an everyday regular thing that when I first started I couldn't even imagine wrapping my head around Yes. You know, oh, I love that. That's we, awesome. And we, interestingly, that came up earlier today in networking. We had like little breakout rooms and we were chatting. And um, someone, we were talking about um, things that we've had to kind of step up for in, within our business. And, um, and somebody, one of the ladies said, oh, you know, stepping up to networking. Networking was terrifying. I was like, you run two groups now. And she was like, oh, I know. But when I first started, it was terrifying. It was, you know, and, and that was, a, I think that's a really good example of, of that, of looking back and going, oh, well, now I do this four times, four times a month and I don't even really think about it and I run one and I, you know, but, but, but when you first start, we all remember those firsts that were terrifying and were, you know, almost made us want, almost, but not quite made us want to turn back. So, yeah. And now we just do them. I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan actually of looking backwards as much as looking forwards because planning forwards is great, but I think reviewing is something that I have quite a hefty, as Sarah I'm sure will tell you, actually I think we've done a podcast episode on it haven't we, yeah. <laughs> but I have quite a hefty planning and reviewing, so reviewing backwards, planning forwards um, process for the end of the year and the beginning of the new year and lots of people say to me, oh why are you spending so much time I almost spend more time on the year just gone and I'm like well with the year coming I'll plan and then I will definitely amend that plan as stuff happens, um, but I want to know what I've achieved, I want to know what I planned and happened, what didn't what I did that I never expected I would do You know, I, I want to see all of that stuff and I think especially when you're working on your own in a business I think it's really important to so you don't have an appraisal do you You don't and you don't have a business partner who's like oh do you remember that really cool that really cool client that you got or that really amazing thing that you pulled off you know in the stock supplying line or whatever you don't have that so you kind of have to do that for yourself and I think that's really important so yeah I yeah. Like, might be one of my favorite answers to that question so far thank you yeah and I like to do that at the end of each month because you forget you know, mm-hmm. even when I'm at the end of the month going, okay, so what projects did I complete? What challenges did I have? What did I learn that I want to take forward? And how did I feel th- throughout that month? When you look back even on that month, you can be like, oh, hang on, I did I did that thing. That's right. And there are those other two things. And I got those five clients and they came out of the blue. And, and I like to do the end of each month because you do forget, even if you do it at the end of the quarter or what have you. And I do think it's really nice just to look back and, and see where your successes were and to celebrate those because we kind of forget. And also, if, you, if you're if you doing it at the end of each month and you consistently see there's something going wonky, then you can grab it early on and go, right, I've said that thing two times in a row. I need to fix it, improve it, get rid of that client, whatever it may be. But you can manage yourself and your business way better if you are doing that backwards review regularly i'd have to ask then because monthly is not something i've considered actually with doing that but so what's your process for doing that then is it something do you journal or do you have like a a spreadsheet or yeah how does it how do, do you, i have you a do? spreadsheet yay <laughs> i love it so you have like a, a set thing that you're looking you at each each um each month then yeah and and to the folks out there who don't like spreadsheets you don't have to use a spreadsheet you can journal bullet journal you can use asana whatever you like yeah yeah, i have a a series of questions and some of them are the very practical how much money did you make but others are like the ones that i that i mentioned how did i feel during this month what challenges did i have and i have what what am i most grateful for and sometimes it's that chat at the beginning of the month with a business bestie you know, that's the thing that I'm most grateful for that month. Mm. Another month it might be the new clients. Um, and yeah, I just have that series of questions. I get to the end of the month and I, you know, just sit there with a cup of coffee and, and just work my way through them and see see where I'm at. And it's a nice, uh, a nice way to close out a month as well to sort of say, right, yep, I completed that or I didn't complete that. Why didn't I? Did it take more time than I thought? Did I was I actually not that interested in it, so I didn't want to complete it, and then that helps me then plan for the next month. I love that. I'm going to try and set. I'm, I'm going to make that my 
not my New Year's resolution, it's my April resolution. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of April, that's, that's a time. I'm yeah. going to oh, start doing monthly. Yeah. Be, um, by the time be, this comes out, yes. It'll be a mid-year resolution by the time this comes out. Absolutely. Yes, but, your, yeah. It can be your quarter three resolution. Try and commit to monthly reviews. I, love, I really like that. I, I do, I have a weekly review process, but it's literally going through all the stuff like all the because i have an inbox system which you'll be pleased to hear about um so i go through all of the um the emails that the ones that i put to one side and i think oh, i want to read those pull links out of them all of those kinds of things so i review those i review like youtube videos that i've saved i review um so uh, facebook terrifying. stuff that i've saved i've got all of these so that's my weekly thing but actually i like the idea of having this monthly thing to look back on your the, the clients you've worked with and like you say the, the processes and what because actually i think if you don't do that you do just just keep muddling through don't you and, and hoping that things are going to work themselves out in the end yeah. i mean I'm, I'm actually really interested by by your whole description of that because um i do have a um also quite a robust monthly review where i go and i actually list all the good and the bad things that have happened in life as well as in business um and kind of write about journal about it a bit before i then go through my kind of yearly plan and my monthly plan and see what i've done what i haven't tick things off um it's all color coded i've got sparkly pens that only get used for that like it's all very very visual very pretty um but it is immensely helpful to, as you said, I think the thing that I would pick up on there, if it's not something that you guys, if you're listening, already do, the thing that I would say I take away that is most helpful that, Andrea, you just mentioned, is um, is that you can immediately implement things that did work and you can see where those things that you're avoiding, are you avoiding them because you're frightened of them or are you avoiding them because you actually just don't want to do them? Like, are they shoulds? And, and that's something that's been really important for me because I tend to just put everything on my list and then I will continue. I'm a bullet journaler, so I will I, I do it in a file of facts, but it's the bullet journal method. So I move it all across from week to week, month to month. Um, and after a couple of months, if you're still writing that same thing out, you're like, mm-hmm. is, is this is this because I'm lacking resource? Is this because there's a pandemic or do I just not want to do this? And nine times out of ten for me, it's I just don't want to do this. So then I can find a way of offloading it, which is much better, I think, than leaving it to the end of the year and then finding that you just feel bad because you've just carried it with you for and not done year. the thing so yeah i think done mm. not done the thing yeah i think i think that monthly monthly process is actually really like you say for celebrating but i think it's as important to find the things that don't go so well or aren't going at all in my case <laughs> and just get rid of them so yeah that was great yeah, and it's interesting because I have a, a weekly review as well, but it's utterly different to what you've described. Ah, okay. I, yeah, all I do is, again, I have, at the moment, I have my weekly tasks on, on a spreadsheet, but might move to Asana or something, we'll see. And I get to the end of the week and I just ask myself, what worked, what didn't work? Mm. And that's it. And then I, I okay. might, the what worked might be, I did not get a good week's sleep. The cat woke me up five times. You know, it might be something as simple as that. Or it might be, I didn't bring any leads in this week. So, you know, that leads me to look at, well, what was I doing in my marketing this week? Was it just new and it hasn't resonated yet? Or is it just not working for people? And what worked, you know, it just means for that week, I've got this little note of what worked. So when I get to my monthly review, I can look back through what I've written throughout the month and be like, right, was anything that I missed? What else, what do I want to bring in to my monthly review? And it's, it's more expansive because I, I just forget things, you know, you get to the, the end problem, of the month even and then, and you're and like, so what, much what, happening. what, what did you I know, do? You're running a business. You're doing so much that actually it's really hard to, to keep everything, everything spinning in your head. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That leads me to another question. Cool. I think. She thinks. Which is, well, no, I do think, but I don't know if it's a slightly daft question. I'm going to ask it anyway, because in the interests of honesty on this podcast, what are your thoughts on longer term planning? So we've talked about, you know, your onboarding systems and your underlying foundational systems and strategies. And, um, you know, there will be a marketing strategy in there and, you know, bringing in clients and all of those things. But people often say to me, you know, what is your, what's your three-year plan? What's your five-year plan? Um, someone once made me laugh a lot, Anna and I, when we started Ink Drops, which was nine, nine years ago now. And within our first six months, somebody said to me, oh, so what's your exit plan? And I was like, <laughs> I don't have one. I want to keep running it. I like it. I started it because I like it. <laughs> I don't really know what you mean by exit plan. Like, You're not planning to like build it and sell it. 
no. What about in 10 years' time? I was like, I have every intention of still running it in 10 years' time. And nearly 10 years later, we are still running Ink Drops. So I, I'm i really intrigued because for me, I have a, I, I have an overarching direction, but I do not necessarily have a... I, this is exactly what I'm going to be doing in 5, 10 and 15 years' time. But I know that some people thrive on having those longer-term plans. So do you have, as someone who is infinitely more organised than I can ever hope to be, um, although I do have strengths in other places, just being organised and logical is not one of them, um, what are your thoughts on longer-term planning? Is that something that you do or not? Or um, No, and it was funny when you just said, you know, what are you doing in five years? That's such a corporate interview question. Yeah. You know, and right? you can, yeah, you you can tell someone who is still in corporate when they ask you that kind of question, because if they'd ever been in business, they would have known that you estimating what you're doing in five years time is not that easy. So I think it kind of depends. Are you in, we'll call it a lifestyle business, or are you building an empire? You know, those two different types of businesses. Yeah. yeah. If you're a Richard Branson, you need to be looking at like a 20 year plan because you, you own planes. You know, you've got hundreds, thousands of employees. You can't just go from 90 days to 90 days. It's a very different environment. And that is the exit strategy kind of environment. You're coming into the business with a very clear view that you're going to get your money out of it by selling it at the end. But if you're a lifestyle business and you're very happy to keep running this business until you retire or just never, then, yeah, you might have this overarching view of what you want ink drops to be you know is it a joyous place is it a serious structured place you'll have that kind of overview but you and you might know that next year you want to um, create this kind of product maybe the following year that kind of product you might have that kind of planning but it's not set in stone so there's there's that's the first thing is it a lifestyle business is it an empire building kind of business. And then the second thing to consider is, where are you in your business journey? If you're at the very start of your business, then setting up a five-year plan isn't going to be worth it because your business will change so much within that first six months, within that first year, you know, that plan will go out the window. So when you're earlier on, I think your plans are shorter in time frame. That's Whereas reassuring. if you yeah, if you've been in business for quite a while, then you might be starting to think longer term. But then that totally depends on the world. You know, well. I think a lot of people, <laughs> yes. their business plans have become quite a bit shorter. But even if that wasn't <laughs> going on, yeah. yeah, you know. So, yeah, I don't think there's any hard and fast rule. I think so long as you are conscious of what you're doing and you stick to it. Um, but I don't have a five-year plan. I don't have an exit strategy. And I don't feel bad about that. That makes me feel a lot better hearing that from you, Andrea. <laughs> I'm just really intrigued because it's something that, as actually, I think you've hit exactly on that. Is it? It's often my um, my still corporate or recently ex corporate friends who want to know. Oh, you know, what was your? Do you, you know, have you got your like your five and ten year business plans? And I'm like, dude, I don't have a normal business plan. I have I have plans. Don't get me wrong, but I don't have a business plan in the traditional sense because that's not really how it works being an entrepreneur particularly not one with with multiple things that are going on and have you know they have differing demands and stuff don't they so yeah, yeah and, a, was... and a business plan these days doesn't have to be that 30 page document that oh you used goodness, to take to yeah. the bank to get a loan no. yeah. it can be have unicorn stickers in it if you fancy and yes you're so like serious you know <laughs> well, yeah do you know what I mean and people yeah. say oh you're not a serious business owner if you don't do x y and z oh. I'm like I'm not, if I can be I'm, a corporate no. lawyer and still have stickers in my planner, I can do whatever the hell I like. Absolutely. You know, that is, yeah. that yeah, is just this is one of the reasons yeah. We, we, yeah, we, we love you so much because I think you also bring this, this wonderful, um, it's really hard. I, this is the only thing I dislike about a podcast is sometimes I would really like people to be able to see our facial expressions because <laughs> we, we grin. Sarah and I grin sometimes when people say certain things, but um, I think you bring a, a certain amount of joy to logical things, which yes. I think is no mean feat, actually. Um, and, and you are, you know, I, I, you are super creative, but you are very logical and very soothing. 
and um, and those two things come with a with a big dose of smiling. But it, I've just grinned my way through this entire episode, <laughs> which is wonderful. So. It's not every day you can say you've smiled your way through systems, is it? There you go. No, right. Absolutely. There you go. There's your new tagline right there. I think. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's a great point to start rounding this up, isn't it? Because you've given us so much information yeah, to share with everybody. So much to, to go over. Yeah, I would have easy. one final little question before we get you to share like some of your your all your links and bits and pieces what what one piece of advice would you like to leave with our creative listeners going forward about their systems good question i would say when you start to get into systems design them in the way that suits you and have a view to the future so design systems that can expand as you and your business do love that I love that. Excellent. Yeah, I love that too. Cool. So tell us then, where can we find you, Andrea? Tell us about all of your links. Have you got any offers or anything else or anything going on that you want to share with us at the moment? And we'll translate them all to the show notes so you guys can click on them. Yes. Yeah. So for this business, for my strategy business, I'm on Facebook, Andrea Jordan Business Strategy. I'm there every day. Come over, have a chat, send me a PM. If you're curious about what my photography is all about, I'm over on Instagram and that's Andrea Jordan photography and I'm reworking both of my websites at the moment so by the time this comes out I'll be able to share what those uh, links are as well fabulous and in terms of of offers and what have you if you're thinking about systems you can come and book in with me for a free chat we talk for 20 30 minutes just what you're actually doing in your business what needs organizing and I can tell you um, what I can do to help you easy as that and I can absolutely vouch for for Andrea because she she cleared my head when I decided to bin half my business last year so (laughs) oh yes (laughs) I'd forgotten that was when that happened yeah yeah the 90 day plan came about because of Andrea I had no clue what I was going to do before the end of last year so yes things have changed massively since then thank you very much look at where you are now full credit to you it's just incredible (laughs) what you've done it really is no full credit to you you helped me get there so thank you absolutely <laughs> awesome thank you so much for joining us and thank you for for all of your wonderful knowledge and and uh, and chatting to us at silly o'clock in the morning yes um i'm very grateful that you joined us at daft o'clock in the morning i had actually forgotten about the time difference when we were like yeah come on the podcast uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> thank you so much andrew it's been amazing to have you on my pleasure Yay! Well, I guess that's it. Uh, do we round this? Oh, look, we're crap at this, aren't we? Really? These we are so bad at this, but it's almost a tradition now. We're yes. well into season three, it's so yeah, fun. we will see you guys next episode. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love for you to rate us, review us, and subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Five stars, please. Where can people find us online, Carla? We are on Facebook and Instagram at Creative Reboot Co. And we also have a Facebook group, which we'd love you to join to come and talk to us about the episodes. Just search for Creative Reboot Group. And you can also go to our website, creativereboot.co, where you can subscribe to our mailing list and get in touch with us if you fancy being a guest or have topics that you want us to chat about. We'll look forward to seeing you there.